0: everybody. how are you doing? I know that it has been such a long time since I have recorded a podcast. Um, I don't know it. Rona has been kicking my behind and I have had so little motivation to do anything beyond the absolute basics. And unfortunately, that has meant that I have not done anything really creative um, for myself. I work, you know, my job requires me to write a lot. And so I give all of my energy and effort there. But it has meant that all of my personal creative outlets have suffered um, in the process. And so I was just kind of... Um, thinking about some things. There's been some, you know, life-lifing, and I wanted to record today. Um, I listened to this bomb sermon, and um, it just kind of got me thinking, and there's a couple of things that actually happened, and so I figured, why not record a podcast and share that with everyone. So here I am. And ironically, this is the second time today that I am recording this podcast because the first time it didn't save. And I'm really trying to figure out how that happened, how my iPad and GarageBand betrayed me. Um, But, you know, we're here now. There is nothing I can do about it. And I thought, you know, forget it. I can just, I did it, it didn't work out, oh well. Um, That was absolutely an answer, an option that I could have gone with. But the one that I chose to go with was the one where I just sat down and recorded it again. So here we are and hopefully it's working this time. I don't want to chance it by stopping and coming back and trying again. So, we're just going to go with the flow. If it doesn't record this time, then I'll have to figure out something else because I feel like I just really want to talk to you guys. It's been so long. And honestly, I've missed you. Um, I've missed. Being able to connect with you in the comments I've missed for those that know me in real life. Um, Just kind of hearing your feedback and seeing how, you know, the episodes resonated with you and, you know, hopefully got you thinking about stuff. And so since it has been so long and COVID is continuing to drag on... um, I really thought we would be through this by now. And although I understand the complexities of science and pandemics and, you know, at least I understand them to the extent that most of us do at this point, having lived through this, um, it's challenging. It is challenging. And like many of you, I am grieving the loss of so much. Um, You know, I do know people who did not... Survive COVID. Um, I myself had COVID. Thankfully, I survived. Um, But there are definitely still some lingering things (laughs) that I am living with um, and hopefully healing my body from. um, You know, we have lost opportunities to celebrate with each other. Uh, Graduations, proms, uh, weddings, you know, baby showers, housewarmings you name it. We've missed it <laughs> in the last, you know, year and a half, almost two years. And I feel like we all need exhale. <laughs> like we all need time and space to exhale. Um, and I've been trying to do that. And one of the things that I realized was that part of my exhale is creating, um, creating the content that I really enjoy. And when I conceived this podcast so many years ago, um, okay. So it really hasn't been that many years ago, but technically it has because I was 40 when I started it and I am now 43. Um, and I know, listen, I was trife. I know I did not record that many episodes. This is episode 10. So it's not like I have a great track record to begin with. Um, But we have been in the pandemic for 18 months. And so um, I'm learning to give myself grace in this season, but also I have reached my limit of COVID. And so um, I just wanted to get on here and and just record and talk to you guys. And so um, there's a couple of things that, have been happening, going on, that I kind of wanted to chat with you about. I wanted to get your perspective on some things. I wanted to share a little bit about where I am right now and some of the things that I'm thinking about and hopefully create a dialogue for us to talk about it um, in the comments. And so I want to start with just saying, I just celebrated my 43rd birthday, woohoo, Um, My birthday is a national holiday. Um, It's 11-11, so yes, that is Veterans Day, but it's also a national holiday, and I didn't say that the national holiday was in my honor, but it is a national holiday. So if you got the day off on my birthday, you're welcome, Um, but I celebrated my 43rd birthday, And I went to Vegas with my cousin. So I do have an older cousin whose birthday is two days before mine. And she's fabulous and planned a fabulous VIP birthday uh, celebration in Vegas. And I tagged along. And I'm so glad I did. I had a blast. And I'm not a Vegas girl. Like, I'm not a big fan of Vegas, but I had a good time. So um, we went to go see Gwen Stefani in her last um, show in her of her residency. And it was cool because the judges from The Voice sat right behind us in VIP. Um, and so, as my cousin said, we had better seats than John freaking Legend. <laughs> so that was absolutely a highlight. Um, but the part of the trip that I loved the absolute most was um, something that scared the shit out of me, like literally scared me shitless. Okay, not literally, because I did not, I did not take a dump on myself. But um, it was very, it was scary. And um, that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys about today. Doing something even when you're afraid. So I want to start by saying, I am not a thrill seeker, okay? I don't need to do things to make me feel like I'm alive, okay? I'm life's biggest fan. I live. I believe in enjoying life. I believe in experiencing the joys of life. Um, so I don't need to do something that's going to make me feel alive <laughs> because I am alive, <laughs> But I do think that it is healthy for us to do things that make us move past our fears. Um, And that looks different for everyone. So there's no one size fits all here. But the thing that I did was I rode a helicopter into the Grand Canyon. (laughs) So... um, I told my cousin when she asked what I wanted to do in Vegas, I was like, oh, I want to go to the Grand Canyon. I know from previous experiences and previous trips to Vegas that you can take those tours that are like day long tours, you know, eight, nine hour trips where they pick you up from your hotel, you hop on a van with a bunch of other people, you drive out to the Grand Canyon, you hike down and you know do some hiking and take some pictures and have lunch and stuff. You hike back out, you get back in that same van, and you drive back to your hotel. That was what I was thinking when I said, hey, I want to go to the Grand Canyon. My cousin had a different vision. And she looked up, Helicopter tours of the Grand Canyon. Now, listen. I fly because it is the quickest way for me to get from point A to point B. I don't enjoy flying. It makes my ears hurt. The seats are uncomfortable. I don't like turbulence. I feel very insignificant in the grand scheme of space, you know, of, of the sky, <laughs> right? Like, not a fan of flying. But it's a means to an end. But a plane and a helicopter are two very different things. And I had no desire to be in a helicopter. It wasn't on my list. Was not on the bucket list. Was not on the wish list. Was not on the, oh, I got to try this list. But going to the Grand Canyon was. And sometimes... We have to expand our vision of what's possible. And this experience was that for me. So, like I said, not a thrill seeker. Helicopter rides don't exactly qualify as thrill seeking. It's not like we were jumping out of the helicopter. It's not like we were riding the helicopter with no doors, you know, Um, but it's a helicopter. (laughs) And so I said yes. I was like, I am terrified. But sure, let's do it. Because what I wanted was to see the Grand Canyon. And the thing about this trip was, you know, you fly from Las Vegas into the Grand Canyon. You land, you do a champagne toast, and you fly out. And I was like, that sounds fabulous, in theory. (laughs) So the day comes. We go to the place to um, take this trip and, you know, getting on the helicopter, I wanted to fully experience this because I figured I only need to do it once in my lifetime. I ain't got to do it again, but I want to experience it fully and be present in the moment. So I sat by the window and. <laughs> um, And, you know, the lifting part, it felt different, obviously, than a plane, but it wasn't terrifying. Now, climbing over those mountains, terrifying. Um, Looking down below and being able to see how little you were compared to how big the ground was, terrifying. And there were definitely a couple of moments throughout the flight where I was just, like, gripping. (laughs) death grip on the seat in front of me. Um, One such moment was when a bird decided that we did not belong in the same airspace and decided to swoop down on us, which would have caused, you know, major damage to the helicopter. And so the pilot, in his wisdom, dipped us low. And he did it so quickly that it just felt like we were free-falling. When I tell you I screamed, (laughs) listen, if I'm going out, people around me going to know that I'm not happy about it. (laughs) I screamed so loud because I didn't know what was happening. I didn't see the bird. Okay. He told us that after the fact, I didn't see that bird. As far as I know, the bird didn't exist. As far as I knew, he was trying to kill us (laughs) and it was like my worst fear, right? Um, I was already terrified, but I said yes, and it was so hard for me to be in the moment because I was so scared. Um, I had to start practicing my breathing. Thankfully, I've been doing meditations on Peloton like crazy, and so I at least have the tools (laughs) to breathe through hard situations. And so I did my breathing and tried to collect myself. Because what was beneath me, what was in front of me, was absolutely magnificent. It was beautiful, okay? Um, If you've never seen the Grand Canyon, as I hadn't until that moment, it's breathtaking. It is absolutely stunning. It is a sight to behold. Um, It is... A wonder. <laughs> it is a wonder. And I was in awe. Uh, for those of you who know me, I love nature. I think that God continually over and over and over again showed out because there is beauty to be held in every part of this world. Um, and it, it's different. It doesn't look the same. And it's all beautiful. And it's just like, man, the creativity, the versatility, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. And I decided to breathe through and push through my fear so that I could actually enjoy what God created for us to enjoy. And so as we're flying over the Colorado is it the Colorado River? No. I don't know. Whatever river it is. I think it is the Colorado River, actually. As we're flying over the river, as it's snaking through the canyon, I just... I I was speechless. And I was trying to take pictures and trying to get the right angles and trying not to, you know, react to the wind blowing us here and there. <laughs> I'm controlled. Like, let me... The pilot was amazing. And so... Um, but you feel it, you know, it's a helicopter, you feel the gust of wind, um, and you can feel the helicopter kind of fighting against it or pushing against it to stay on course. And so it seems like it's a lot of work for the pilot, you know, um, to keep you on course because of the the nature of the vessel, the nature of how a helicopter, you know, exists, functions, you know, the design of it and everything. But it was really amazing and as we start flying into the Grand Canyon, like we're actually flying into land, the gust of wind got harder and I got nervous because I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, I was having, I'm going to be honest, I was having a worst case scenario moment in my head and thinking about like, okay, how do I survive this? Um, Do I? Probably not. (laughs) Like if we crash, I'm probably not going to make it out of here alive. But this was beautiful. And if you have to go, we don't want to go. But if this is going to be it, this is beautiful. And I'm having this conversation in my head, you know, I'm going to be honest. And so I, was, I feel the wind. I feel the wind blowing us. And it was uncomfortable. Um, no one else seemed afraid. And so I looked at them like no one else seems afraid. They are trusting that we're going to be fine. You should try that. <laughs> just try it. <laughs> and so I took some more deep breaths. I released my grip on the chair in front of me. I sat back in my chair and I looked out the window and I started smiling because again, it was so beautiful, guys. It was gorgeous. And so we finally land. and the landing was awesome. Like it was super easy. there was like it was just easy, right? It was effortless. And we get out and we go take pictures and we have a champagne toast and, um, you know, just take some time to look. So me being the nature girl that I am, I did go, I did like a quick little meditation out there. I gave thanks. Um, I expressed my gratitude that God created something for us so beautiful to enjoy and um, I ask asked for forgiveness for the fact that we continue to destroy the beauty that was created for us to enjoy. And um, I just wanted to just be in the moment and acknowledge that I did something and pushed through my fear. And it was worth it. And it allowed me to expand my vision of what was possible. For me <laughs> what I was capable of um, what my tolerance level was like it helped me to expand me um, and I just wanted to give thanks for that because I know that that's not an experience that everyone's gonna have right like everyone doesn't get to hop in a helicopter and fly over the Grand Canyon um, and I just you know I could. I could. I could afford to do it. I was in the right place to do it. I had the opportunity to do it. And I said yes, even though I was afraid. So it got me thinking about all the times that I've done that in my life. Um, <clears throat> and while I would like to say that in general, I am a person who tries to live without limits. Um, that does not mean that I am not afraid of things. Like I'm not afraid to do things. And so this was a lesson for me as I'm going into year 43 of my life that it is okay for us to be afraid and do it anyway. (laughs) Um, And this was my personal example of what that was. And so I want to ask you what are you afraid of that you need to do anyway and what does it take for you to push past or push through that fear and say yes to doing it i was on instagram today and i came across this post from one of my faves um her name is jaleesa von jefferson and i just i love everything about her, about her content, because I've been following her, um, I won't say from the beginning, because it wasn't from the beginning, but in her early YouTube channel (laughs) um, years, um, where she was just trying to figure out um, how to do things and, you know, how to create content and all of that, I was following her. And I just thought she was a breath of fresh air, um, because she wasn't pretentious, and I loved the way she talked about her faith um, and her beliefs um, as she talked about the other parts of her, the other things that she loved, like fashion and, you know, all this stuff. And so, and I, I'm i not a fashion girl. Like, it's not, I can take it or leave it. My brother picks out my clothes for me. Um, he tells me what to buy. <laughs> and we're probably going to be like that for the rest of my life because he's really good at it. Shout out to my little brother, Miles. Um and, you know, when I need to look right, my little brothers don't get me right. So I'm not a fashion girl. But like I said, there was something about her that I thought was, a you know, she was just a breath of fresh air. And from all the people that I followed on uh, YouTube, and I follow a lot of people on YouTube because I actually enjoy YouTube. So um, I was looking at her, in, well, I was looking at Instagram this morning, and I saw a post that she shared, and I thought it l- aligned perfectly with my whole do-it-afraid story, <laughs> um, which, you know, by the way, just happened last week because my birthday was last week, so it's still pretty fresh for me, but um, Jaleesa just started a fashion boutique, and it launched at the beginning of the month. I actually got a couple of dresses, um, one which I actually wore on my birthday, and I was fab, but I um, I love the line. I love what she's doing. I love that she pushed herself to do it um, and that she just continues to expand, um, you know, her, her platform. Because I don't like to call them influencers. I think that they're so much more than influencers, but um, she's expanding her platform and I love that. But she had this post today and it said, You owe it to yourself to be all that you were created to be. And I thought, wow, yes, you owe it to yourself to be all that you were created to be. And I I understand that some people are still trying to figure out why they were put on this planet. Like, what are you here to do? And that's a complicated question for people. I personally think that what you wake up in the morning thinking about, those things that you naturally gravitated towards when you were a kid, before people told you that you couldn't do it or you couldn't be it or it wasn't possible, um, that's probably your calling and I hope that you find your way back to it, um, because we, the world needs your gifts, um, to function the way they were designed to function, um, and you owe it to yourself to be who you were created to be. But I realize that that doesn't just happen, right? Like we don't just get to a place where we're able to live into all that we were created to be because there's so much that comes um, with us being who we are. Uh, right? And all of our identities and all the people that helped shape those identities. For instance, our parents and the families that we were born into and the circumstances that surrounded our births and, you know, how we got our start in life, like all of that matters because it impacts who we become and how we become who we are, we were created to be. It can put some challenges and some obstacles in our way. But I have this, my favorite quote, and I like to say this to people because I like to remind us that no matter what circumstances we face, and listen, I certainly have had some challenges. I come from a single parent home. I grew up in poverty, and when I say I grew up in poverty, I mean housing insecure, food insecure, um, you know. We were poor, okay? (laughs) We went to bed hungry. Um, My mom, you know, reminds me that I used to feed our family because I read books. And if you guys remember the Book It program from Pizza Hut, if you read so many books, and you would get a little coupon for a free personal pan pizza. Well, your girl read all the books in the library. So I earned a lot of those little book it coupons. And you could only have one a week. So my teacher, even though I would turn in the form and I'd have like 30 books on the, on the uh, sheet, she would have to like post date them. <laughs> and so when I had enough that everyone in my family could get a free pizza, we would go to Pizza Hut and... Um, Yeah. So like I, I, you know, that's my reality. Right. And so you think about what growing up in poverty teaches you and the limits that it puts on you. Right. The limits that it teaches you. I shouldn't say puts on you. The limits that it teaches you. Um, And those things become barriers that you have to overcome in order to succeed and to, you know, to be who you were created to be. So I want to call out that I understand that there are certain circumstances that we have no control over that shape the conditions from which we start. But like I said, I have a favorite quote. And um, it actually comes from the movie Mean Girls. And I share this quote all the time. So you probably already know where I'm going with this if you've listened to the podcast before. But Katie Heron was at the math leagues competition at the end of the movie, and she was on stage and she was having her own epiphanies about being mean to someone doesn't diminish what they know, <laughs> what they have to offer the world, it just is a reflection of your own insecurities. And she's having this moment as she's trying to come up with the answer to this question, and I don't remember the question because it doesn't matter but the answer was the limit does not exist now i am not a math person i actually did really well in math until i had one teacher that confused the crap out of me and then i couldn't rebound i did not rebound from that and i started telling myself a narrative that i'm not good at math and i realized that it's just a narrative and i probably should stop telling it but that's neither here nor there um The point is, that quote, the limit does not exist. The first time I heard that in that movie, with all the quotables in that movie, and it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's pretty funny. But that quote stuck with me because it was a reminder to me that limits are imaginary. They're imaginary. Yes, we have obstacles and we have challenges. And there are some things that I might not be able to do because of physicality, because of, you know, access, because of, you know, whatever. I might not be able to do those things, but there are no limits to what I can do. Limits don't exist. And so we just have to be a little bit creative or sometimes a lot creative. We have to expand beyond what we see and how we think to achieve certain things but there are no limits to us being able to achieve them and they might look different for each of us and so i think about the example when we say anyone can be president (laughs) So there's president of the U.S., right? There is president of you know, like there's different levels to being president, right? Like, and so it's not always political. Um, if that is your goal, then with the right, like with the right plan, I believe you can make it happen because if that's what you feel called to, listen. Most of us don't want to be president. so. But it's one that people throw out all the time. Not just anybody can be president. Well, not just anybody wants to be president. It's a special calling, right? Like, It's a calling to be in that kind of position. Um, Most people don't wake up willy-nilly and say, I want to be president. Now, our last president aside, but whatever. So that's neither here nor there. The point is that we have to start thinking beyond limitations, Um, because they're really obstacles and challenges that we can overcome. And it might not be you who overcomes them. You might be the person who lays the groundwork uh, for the next person to overcome it. But the point is, is that the limits that we think exist that are imposed on us, because we're women, because we're black, because we're you know, immigrant, because we're young, because we're old, because we have a disability, because we have, like all these things we're taught by society to um, accept as limitations to us being the person that we were created to be, to being all that we were created to be, those limits aren't real. And your unique calling is aligned to who you are and there is a thing there is a a person that you are created to be that the world needs um and sometimes accepting that and working to become that can be scary and it's okay to be afraid but what's not okay is for us to just let fear stop us from moving forward. So, you know, those fears come from so many different places. And while our emotions are real, right, like our feelings are real, and we have every right to feel them, we should not let them control us. They should not be the determinant factor on whether or not we move forward. <laughs> um it's okay for us to do things even when we're afraid, especially if it's part of us being all that we were created to be. So it feels kind of preachy, and I get that. I understand. But I just really, really wanted to start this dialogue about how we can build in a way that expands us beyond what we see and what we know so that we can become all that we were created to be and how we can move beyond some of the limitations that we've accepted as fact. Like We just accept it as fact. Oh, yeah, I can't do that because we don't do that. People like me don't do that. People who come from where I come from don't do that. People with my abilities or disabilities don't do that. Um, we have a community of folks ready to cheer us on when we move past the fears and the limitations that we've placed on ourselves or that we've accepted from others. Because I know when I was first moving to Seattle and I've lived here for 13 years, um, a little over 13 years, I moved here without a job Or a place to stay. And my family thought I was crazy. Like they just did not understand. Like why are you doing that? Why would you do that? (laughs) I obviously had a great job in Kansas City where I'm from. Shout out to Casey. Um, I had a job. I had a home. (laughs) Right? Like um, things were good. And I knew that that's not where I was supposed to be. And I did the work to prepare for a move. You know, I started saving. I started interviewing for jobs. I was applying for apartments. I could not get an apartment because I didn't have a job out here. And I couldn't get a job because I didn't live here. (laughs) And so it was like that whole what comes first, the chicken or the egg thing. But I knew I was supposed to be here. And I actually wasn't afraid to just pack up my stuff and move. Um, because I trusted that things were going to work out. I am a person of great faith. And even when something don't make sense, I believe that if God called me to it, I'm good. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean I won't be crying. Doesn't mean I might not be having some cussing shit sessions with God because WTF. But what I do do always is obey. And so I knew that I was supposed to be here, and I came. But I think about the fear from my family. Conversation with my dad. If I believed the way my dad believed, I would have never left. Conversation with my mom. If I believed the way my mom believed, I never would have left. Conversation with family members. If I listened to them project their fears onto me, Their fears based not in reality, mind you, because they had never left home. (laughs) Fears weren't based in reality, but they were their fears of what they knew of the world, the limited views they had of the world. Um, I wouldn't have been where I was supposed to be, doing what I was supposed to be doing and becoming who I was created to become. And so I did it anyway. And my challenge to you is to think about who were you created to be? Are you giving that person a chance to be everything that you're supposed to be? Are you giving yourself a chance to be all that you were created to be? What limitations have you accepted? What fears have you allowed to be projected onto you that are keeping you from walking in your greatness? I want you to take some time to dissect that, to think about that, to interrogate those limitations and those fears. Because if we can do that, then that means you're ready to kind of, you're ready to expand You're ready to expand how you're thinking and how you're believing and how you're moving in the world. And you'll be amazed at what that does to expand your influence, your connections, your power. And I don't mean power in the sense of, you know, power hungriness but when you have you're put in positions of power you're invited into rooms um, where there's people with power that need you right like there's opportunity there's an expansion of opportunity that can have impacts on generations beyond you right like we're not building for ourselves we're building for the people coming after us and if you don't give yourself the opportunity to be all that you were created to be, then you're setting up the next generation to start from a place of lack and possibly perpetuating the same experience that you had. So just think about that. Think about that. Think about what that means, Um, and if you don't know how to move past the fear, if you don't know how to think through the limitations, there are resources available that you might need to tap into. We have to be okay with asking for help because you don't know what you don't know until you realize you needed to know something and you didn't know it. Right. And that's okay. Like, there's no shame in us not having access to things growing up, not having, you know, not being introduced to stuff. There's no shame in that. The shame. There's no shame. Right. Like, but the responsibility now is for you to learn what you don't know, for you to ask questions, for you to get help. For me, a part of that getting the resources and accessing the resources that I needed was, you know, like I said, I grew up poor. I had to learn about finances. I had to learn financial literacy. I didn't have any. And I was ashamed of that because it's like, you should know these things. Well, guess what? I grew up in poverty and no one around me knew them. And when I realized that if I didn't learn, I was going to stay in poverty, I had to get out of my comfort zone and learn. I had to start asking questions. I had to start talking, right? But I had to separate myself from the, the shame of what I didn't know. It's not my fault I didn't know. It, it's not my fault I didn't grow up knowing. It's my fault if I don't know now, right? And the same is true for you. Um, another area where I had to go access resources, I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. I didn't know how to ask for what I needed. I didn't know how to establish boundaries. I went to therapy to learn those things. Because it's not my fault I didn't have it growing up. It's not my fault that I grew up in chaos. I wasn't a parent. I was the child. That's not my fault. But all of that stuff impacted who I was becoming. And it was robbing me of an opportunity to be all that I was created to be. And when I realized these things are actually putting limitations on me, limitations that don't need to exist, I had to take responsibility for it. And I had to go learn. I had to go get some tools, you know, for my for my toolkit that would help me to express myself without blowing up. Um, ask for what I wanted, learn how to negotiate, learn how to advocate for myself. These are things I had to learn. I didn't come with it, right? Like I wasn't exposed to it, and there is no shame in that. So I hope that you know that no matter what start you had, no matter what your life has been to this date, you heard this today, you listened to this. Take ownership. Of your life so that you can become all that you were created to be you owe it to yourself you owe it to future generations you owe it to your community that's invested in you now but most importantly you owe it to yourself you deserve <laughs> to be all that you were created to be you deserve to thrive And listen, I am all about thriving. We have lived in survival mode long enough. We know how to survive, but most of us don't know how to thrive. It requires a different set of skills. It requires a different set of knowledge. So go get what you need so that you can be all that you were created to be and that you can thrive in the process. All right. That is all I have to say today. I hope that it was good. I hope that you enjoyed it. I definitely want to hear from you. So feel free to leave comments. Um, Yeah, like I just I want to know what you think. Um, It's good to be back. I am going to do my best to get back on schedule and start recording regularly. And I don't know what that means yet. It could be weekly, it could be bi-weekly, most likely going to be bi-weekly for now. But just know, I missed you. I love this platform. And I can't wait to talk to you again. So be sure to reach out in the comments and let me know what you think. And, and share what is what is it that you were called to do? Like, what does being all that you were created to be look like? And what does it mean for you? I would love to hear. All right. I will talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic week. We're going into Thanksgiving holiday. It's the holiday season. Listen to all the music, all the movies. Relax, chill, be good to yourself. Remember to breathe and um, stay hydrated because. The air is dry in the winter. All right, I will talk to you guys later.